Hi, and welcome to Top Shelf Nerds, the show for nerds by nerds about nerds. I'm Mr. DJ Fly High, and accompanying me would be Buck and the Professor. We call ourselves Nerds Amalgamated, and today being our first episode, we have a lot of topics to talk about, such as the Australian government's Game On report and the fallout, Elon Musk's Fly he- Falcon Heavy rocket launch, Red Dead Redemption 2's release date, game releases in Brisbane in the last couple of weeks, eSports, Gfinity Australia with Hoyt Cinema, eSports Arena, partnership, uh, partnership. Uh, Germany's pushed to ban loot boxes, the, and the um, version of Athena in the t- Arrow, the TV series. So, where shall we start? Where should we start first? Uh, Fellas? I reckon we should start with the Australian government. Okay. okay. I've got Everyone the... Hates them, so let's burn them first. Yeah. I've got the report open here in front of me for the... It's called the uh, Australian Government Response to the Environment and Communications References Committee Report, Game On, More Than Playing Around. So the Environment and Communications References Committee is a Senate committee that, in this case, is investigating into the arts. Up until a few years back, uh, 2014, I believe, we had the Australian Interactive Games Fund, which was a funding for game developers. And the government pulled that a few years back. So in 2016, the really long name committee decided that they were going to do an investigation into that and decide whether that was a good idea or not. And they came back with some recommendations in April. And we've only just gotten a response from the government on that. So the key response there for the first recommendation from the report that they should reintroduce the funding scheme. The government's basically just given a very wishy-washy answer. They've noted this recommendation, but they just don't seem to be interested in bothering to do anything with it. They've mentioned that state and territory governments offer funding and other incentives, but the thing is that's not what the Senate report was asking about. So so it's kind of like they're, they're just washing their hands clean of all this, going, okay, you know what, screw this, we're, we're letting you guys run the asylum. Go, go nuts. Pretty much. And the state and territory government references that they've given refer to other things, really. I don't think they're as focused on the games industry as the original fund was. Uh, so the reality is that they're wor- more worried about making sure they've got enough money through the rest of them. Yeah. Yes, which is unfortunate because the uh, original Senate report came back saying that the fund was hugely profitable. How much I profitable? I uh, don't have the exact numbers to hand. I remember reading a couple of years back, um, this training gaming industry increasing its market sharehold. Um, it almost had, a, I think it was almost 20% of the total gaming market was actually from Australia. And the US at the same time was uh, $18 billion a year. So yeah, we were pulling 20% of $18 billion. Uh, that's $3.6 billion that is being generated annually. Is that from like console? Uh, um, is but does it depend on like consoles or mobile gaming? In general? Uh, it's just in general. In general, yeah. all, all gaming and so forth apps. So at the end of the day, a, a gaming developer should have the freedom to develop a game, whether it's a, a mobile app or a console game or a PC game. And some of those games can be used for educational purpose and training. And prime example of that is good old Tetris. Oh, yes. Apparently originally developed for hand-eye coordination and beta processing for astronauts and also used as a training tool for Stormen. You know, that's actually a recommendation for in this document. The uh, committee recommended that 
the government facilitate dialogue between video game industry association and groups that use or could potentially use serious games. And the government's response was that they support it in principle, but think that it's something that the industry should do itself. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, this whole report is just basically saying, "Okay, yeah, screw you guys. We're we're not we're not going to give you anything. Just go yeah. away." Well, no, no, no. The report, from what I'm if I'm understanding correctly, <clears throat> Professor, is um, it's saying we should the government should be doing all the funding. It's got a whole lot of potential, good, both financially and in every other way, shape, and form. And the government's response is the government's response is yeah, but we need our pocket money to pay for our ice creams at lunch. Pretty much. Okay. So total snafu from the government. Thank thanks a lot, politicians. Glad we pay you so much money to just be complete ignorant <laughs> morons. Yeah. Um, but let's yeah, it's, I'll have to keep keep track of that. If there's any more thumbs up, um, Professor, you let us know at any time. Yeah, um, it doesn't look like anything's going to happen from that now. But uh, I will let you know if anything does come up. Awesome. Can you? We'll also post a link about that report on our Facebook page. Um, okay. Well, moving on. The next topic. Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, that was a great launch. Um, yeah, the Falcon, Falcon Heavy on Tuesday. Um, you you got to admire a man who has has the courage and complete insanity to car into space. Oh yeah. And so many, so many. Me- um, if you just give me a minute, we're going to have to go and reset Fuwa. Yeah, sorry. I'm turning him off again. Um, the, the DJ is actually not a human being. He's in fact an android that we occasionally get to loose wire. So that's the reason why he does sound a little bit strange. It's not just weird, the loose wire. So we apologize. Um, so yeah. <laughs> oh! After, yeah, um... Just a sec. After the launch, the Tesla that was launched cruised through space for a good six hours and was live streamed by SpaceX. Um, the, the Falcon Heavy is a combination of the Falcon 9 on its truck. Yeah, three Falcon 9s yeah. strapped together. Was it three? Because I heard they strapped an extra one to it as well. Um, I'm not sure, but uh, the I watched the okay. live stream and there were three boosters that they were concerned with. So... Um, Okay. The the center booster, which carried the Tesla, was taller than the others. So yeah. I don't know if that's where you're getting that from. That might be it. Um, yeah. Um, just just for all those sci-fi nerds, epic, tragic, like myself, who love this sort of rigmarole and crazy data, um, it's the most powerful rocket launch space, Saturn III. Um, and yet, considering all that, until... SpaceX actually manages to land a unit onto Mars, they're not going to share their toys. <laughs> so, yeah, at that point, SpaceX will probably be going, well, well, you know, our stuff is better. What was the best, uh, in that entire stream, what was the best moment, you guys? Sorry, what was that? In that entire stri- um, live stream event of launching the rocket and landing, what was the best moment in that entire... The double booster touchdown. Double uh, booster touchdown. Oh, that, that yeah, that was that. I agree with you there. That, I'm I'm a, I'm a huge fan for when when it actually lifts off. That it, that 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 solid just raw power. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but not nothing gets me more excited than watching something that's as powerful as a, a nuclear although it explosion the... pushing. Oh yeah, so many tons up and breaking the Earth's gravity. Like that's 
that's just pure magic. Although that begs the question, though, is this a sign of the new space race? The, the new space race. Um, Sorry. Well, there's, there's, there's no, there's no one tidying and denying that it is a space race. Um, the space race has from government into corporate, and the good yeah. thing with that is corporate is more interested in performance than waste. Whereas government, well, you know, we had for the Americans, we had NASA, which had so many thousands and thousands of people. And a lot of the technology that was being used to launch the space shuttle in the 1990s and so forth was technology that was outdated by the end of by the 1970s. So yeah, uh, we'll we'll post, I'll, I'll get the professor to post a picture of a laptop he's working on restoring. Um, that's about the power is in the some of the areas of the space shuttle. And also this uh, laptop I'm restoring on that topic. The uh, Toshiba T1100 from 1985 runs uh, an AT86 processor. It's uh, actually one of the laptops that NASA considered using in space back in the 80s when it came out. But the, sad, the, the truly sad thing, you go look at an average mobile phone sitting in someone's pocket today, and that probably has three times the amount of computing than the entire cohort of space uh, spacecraft that were launched to send man to the moon and all the uh, original space flight before the space shuttle the cost of it must have been astronomical back then oh it almost bankrupted the american government and it yeah, did bankrupt the russians basically well that was that was part of the process of trying to destroy the russians yeah. um yeah. the americans don't like competition they want to be the only mean horrible personal block the interesting thing is that uh the reason they use such old tech for space shuttle for spacecraft is that it's a lot more resilient to radiation than modern computers. Yes. But it's also a result of there being almost no innovation in the manned spaceflight field since the eighties when the space shuttle debuted. Um no, no, there has there has been innovation. It just hasn't been accepted and tested. Um, yeah. If you actually go look at a little lot of the innovation, it has been satellites and guidance. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the majority of that ends up in the military arena. And once again, the Americans hide it and don't let anyone else play. The other problem, the, then the one thing that I'm going to be concerned about is with when if SpaceX gets successful and we bring in more humans into space travel, is that are we going to get a repeat of, of um, the Columbus incident? I don't think so. With the space shuttle exploding. We've learned a lot from those incidents. The uh, Columbia and the... Uh, what was the other yeah. one that exploded? It's Columbia. Um, Challenger. Yeah, Challenger. Yeah, that so, was the one with the teacher, wasn't it? Yeah, the yeah. Challenger was the teacher and Columbia was the uh, space tile. Space yeah. shuttle tile. Yeah, so the, the one that exploded during ascent was... Yeah. I think they've learned a lot from that accident specifically. Because if you look into the uh, history of it, the engineers warned them that there was a risk of failure because of the cold temperatures being of the O-rings being exposed to cold temperatures. Yeah, and the the NASA heads basically ignored them because they wanted to have a launch and keep things moving instead of shutting down for a bit longer just to check out the O-rings. Yeah. So then the failure happened, but there was a lot of inquiry into what happened and how they can stop it from happening again. So I think there probably will be another big disaster like that, but I don't think it's going to be 
because of the same sort of reason. Um, and the other, the, uh, the other space shuttle that was destroyed, the, the incident that happened with that, with the tile being damaged, there was nothing they could have done to save them anyway because there was no way to get to them in time to rescue them before they would have run out of supplies. Um, and as cold-hearted as it might, every time there's an accident, um, science develops so much more technology because you learn so much more from them that aren't supposed to happen. So you, you, you find out what has gone wrong and develop a lot more safety mechanisms and coping mechanisms, strengthen up your technology and your understanding of something through a fatal, fortunately, but yeah. Um, That's what I love about watching the uh, air crash investigation type shows. Yeah. Because the air industry especially has a lot of crossover with spaceflight. Mm-hmm. especially in the, the 60s and 70s where all the astronauts were test pilots from before even NASA even went to space. They were testing high-performance aircraft. Yep. And they borrowed a lot of the uh, mindset when it comes to accidents from there, where if you have an accident, the first thing you do is stop and work out what happened and make yep. sure that the accident doesn't happen again. Exactly. Um, and getting back to the Columbia, um, the entire accident research investigation. Um, I, I did hear how many thousands of hours of research had gone into it, but it was it was still going over a decade after the accident. There was still investigation research exactly what happened. And so yeah, they, they 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 may take their time learning some of this stuff, expanding on it. But so uh, it's fifteen years ago to, to um to this day, not to this day, but couple of days ago sorry but, you can yeah. say that again so it's 50 it's uh, it's 15 years ago uh, uh, nine days ago we, we've oh, really yes. got to get that loose wire so, head on you there, yeah um, dj um uh, yep. but okay other other great news um similar to the epic nerd and <laughs> light and so forth um professor you were saying there was how many drones flying in sync uh, at the uh, so we got it was uh, 1,218 drones flying in formation at the, uh, at the I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Pyeongchang Winter Olympics opening ceremony. They formed a, a series of images in the sky flying in a, a cloud the shape of a snowboarder and in the Olympic rings. Man, that was so cool. Oh, man. Actually, that's a, a bro- speaking of drones, that brings a question about, imagine launching drones into space. That will be the next. That'll be the next venture, I reckon. Are you volunteering? Yeah. Oh, 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 no, no! no. I'll be space. Can we fix that? <laughs> yeah, we might end up being in, in, being an intergalactic war with another species or something because <laughs> the DJ has offended. Uh, um, talking about drones flying in formation, um, it just I just remembered that just clicked in my mind. There's actually um, plans for defence and offence by the Americans and I think the Canadians might be in on it too, using drones instead of um, regular manned aircraft, having drones that operate en masse to carry out attacks for border border defence and of manoeuvres if necessary. So having one operator in a control room with operating one lead drone and a whole lot of other drones slaved to it and just swarming over targets. I think there was also, uh, speaking of drones, I think there was also a report that um, China, 
that China was releasing um a ma- man drones. I think I believe. A man? No, they released a man. There was. Oh, hang on a second. Um, this was passenger drones. That's the one. China oh. was releasing a passenger drone, the E Hang One Eighty Four. You can people are carried around in self-flying drones. A self-flying drone is what. That's what he said before he died. Sorry about that, folks. Um, We'll give him a new battery and see if he comes back to life. Um, Yeah, um, yeah, the the drone being used for transportation is something also floated by Uber and Google. And Amazon, I believe, is uh, bringing in their drone deliveries. But there's um, questions about the viability and safety um, air traffic control or something were against it or whatever it is in America uh, just because having that many drones flying around would potentially con- constitute a light hazard. As soon as you yeah. have that happening, you're going to have someone who's stupid enough to fly a drone across the top of an airport and cause a crash. Hmm. Oh, there we go. He's back. Oh, he's recharged. back. <laughs> um, okay. Um, DJ, you were telling me earlier about Red Dead Redemption 2's release date. Um, do you want to fill us in a bit more? Oh, oh, yes, I will. I, yes, oh, yes, I will. Red Dead Redemption 2 it is coming out later in, later in um, 2018, and there are a lot of good things to talk about. And according to an article from TechRadar, um, when is it coming out? It's coming out in October 26, 2018, and is the sequel to the Wild West Rockstar hit Red Dead Redemption. The trailers, the, the two trailers have been out. It's been, it's beautiful to look at. So many options and whatnot. Um, the, what, there are a lot of rumors that have been coming out since the trailers, such as the um, online modes, for example, the Revive and Survive, Battle Royale, and Money Grab. He's really not doing well and with that, is he? Pub- Oh, yeah. Sorry, folks, we'll have to tighten those wires. <laughs> yeah. I think what he's trying to say <laughs> is that I have no uh, idea what he was saying at all. Okay. I think last I heard he was, he was saying that there was um, beautiful scenery and graphics, trailers that have come out, and there's a lot of... Yeah, and the op- online options. Yes, there's a lot, oh, of, lot of online options. Yeah, there. Online. Um, And we'll I be like... coming back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. To some of that a bit later when we talk about Germany's plan to ban, ban the loot boxes. Yeah. Um, there was concern that Red Dead might be wanting to play with that area, but let's hope that they learn from the massive failure of Star Wars. And that's another topic we can go on for hours and hours about Star Wars. <laughs> well, actually, no, we can't because the, the game is so bad that as a epic Star Wars tragic i start to become unprofessional and i will use quite offensive language and i will not apologize for it, folks I am. <laughs> it, it, and it, we it, only have a one hour time slot so we can't spend hours talking about that 
Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can guarantee you I will get violently angry for about three or four hours just on that one topic. But um, in regards to the release, um, there there are some new. The report is also saying that the game will have new mechanics. Uh, the, there'll be locations dedicated to procuring new items and gambling, such as slum markets, uh, where you can pick up items on a discount. Vehicles will will range from minecarts to horse-drawn carriages, and uh, the the main campaign and the online mode will be playable in first person. And the eagle eye function will make a return. I loved the eagle eye function it was beautiful it was great first red dead redemption is good i hope the second one tops it off awesome. even more so i think he's so yeah, singing not... the praises of the first game and hoping that the <laughs> I... new version is going to be just as good yes <laughs> it's a uh, well hey i i'm a big fan of open world games and this was one of the best open world games i ever played i'll wait for the definitive edition to come out on pc in two years though Oh yeah, oh, was the other one the zombie edition? That was great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the rumors, there are a couple of rumors that are out there, such as um, the now, uh, the, before um, we start talking about rumors, are they? Uh, do you have any grounding uh, solid facts to back? This is from Tech Radar, so. <laughs> uh, okay, well then we won't discuss these rumors because we've only got one source, and I'm sorry, as as a nerd, I hate academically uncredible rumors <laughs> yeah. because otherwise we could have any idiot talking about a rumor such as donald trump is actually an alien from jupiter that's not a rumor that's been confirmed don't insult jupiter they will attack us <laughs> oh, yeah. so moving right along <laughs> yep otherwise we'll get bogged here um yeah typical nerds that we are we excited about one topic at times um Game releases. Professor, um, once again, this is your area. Yes, um, I am. I've got the, uh, the Brisbane, Interven- in- sorry, Brisbane International Game Developers Association page here okay. with the uh, releases of the last couple of weeks. So the, one of the biggest events in the games industry, indie games industry, was the Global Game Jam, which wrapped up a week or, a week or two ago. And there's a huge number of games that have come out from that. I highly recommend checking it out if you're interested in just little experimental games at all. Okay. But, uh, um, bigger releases. Sorry? Any, any real standout stars we should look at? Uh, I can't actually say because I haven't checked out that many of them myself. But um, the, the game jams, just going through and checking the, the winners of each category, it's always worthwhile. Okay. And for those that are interested, there will be a link that we will post on Facebook where you can go and have a look at that and you can have a look at some of the games and tell us what you think of them. I've also got a couple of uh, standout releases, mainstream releases here. Uh, okay. One of the guys from the, the Brigda has released his first commercial project, OutRealm, which is an interesting looking game. It's a sort of 8-bit style, 16-bit style really. But uh, I think it's, it looks a bit like an RPG. I think that'll be worth checking out. It's available on Steam now. Awesome. Other uh, Pocket Bonsai is a real-time bonsai growing game available for free on iOS. I actually oh. haven't met the guys who made this game before, and I don't know where they're coming from with this. But it's something different, something experimental. I remember that there was a game called Mountain, which was the same sort of basic idea a few years ago that was popular enough. A real-time 
Bob's like growing. I love epic games. It's more than a month or two. Oh, to look at that. Get through, you can but... decorate your little bonsai pot, like put little statues. <laughs> <laughs> if I had an iOS finger, I would check that you out. Spend centuries growing a bonsai. Yeah. I used to have some. We uh, imagine, imagine. We used to have some bonsais. We didn't have much luck with them. They'd kept dying. Okay. <laughs> imagine if the imagine if the loot boxes for the bonsai game came out like okay, we need you, you get you get more fertilizer, regro- more for more accelerant. <laughs> uh, here we go. So the uh, on the topic of the global game jam, yeah. there were nine games to come out of the Brisbane uh, jam site. Awesome. So. Uh, and all of them were finished by the end of the jam, like all playable. Awesome. Way so we have a link for the, yeah, oh, yes. the Brisbane section on the show notes. Our, our, our game developers in Brisbane are world class and they're taking no prisoner. They're going to take over the world. <laughs> and, and destroy the Australian government money. in the process. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not destroy it. Fix it. Oh, yeah. Fix it. <laughs> yes. Vote for oh. my political party, the Land Party. They can fix it after the story. And there he goes again. <laughs> okay, um, talking about that would... um, games. Oh, um, it... a, pe- a, a interesting piece of news that I noticed during the week, and I love the idea of, is Gfinity and Hoyt uh, combining to present a esports arena situation where they're converting a cinema into an eSport arena, and they're actually going to have a league. Um, I can't remember the games off the top. Sorry, folks. But there's a prize of $450,000, I think it is. Wow. four hundred. Um, okay, featuring three games, um, Rocket League, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, and Street Fighter Five, and they're gonna they're gonna offer an opportunity for amateurs to have a chance to go pro with the Challenger League. So yeah, um, a prize pool of four hundred fifty thousand dollars in the Elite League. I'm loving this. Yeah, I'm glad to see that there's more small scale tournaments starting up. Mm-hmm. And these everybody knows about yeah. Everyone knows about the international and the other worldwide tournaments, but you don't seem to hear as much about the small-scale ones. And it'll be um, great to have dedicated yeah. venues. It, it's, it's one of the, the best pieces of news I've heard. Um, you got the university games. Um, for any of our listeners have suffered through the agony and torture that is academic life, we understand, we feel your pain. It's not uh, that bad. <laughs> You're making you it that. sound like it's torturous. <laughs> to be fair, I have been graduated just long enough that I probably started to get over the drama. Yeah. <laughs> I, I graduated uh, in December and I'm actually going to hang back further. So, uh, I think we're yeah, all glad. Excited think... and trepidous. Oh, but, yeah. Um, the university games actually have an eSport um, competition and. Yeah, QUT actually has a dedicated esports team and room where they're actually working on different games such as Overwatch, um, CSGO. So, yeah, the fact the that co- there's a commercial venture doing the same, I love the idea. The question would be, though, for esports is whether TV companies are going to take a piece of that pie now. Like, when I, I know in America, it's getting, esports is getting huge. 
and um, there are TV companies doing it. So I was, I was, I'm wondering who, which Australian company is going to take that venture and go. Channel Seven. Channel Seven. Channel Ooh. Seven already broadcast Blizzard's Overwatch World Cup games. So whether or oh. not they will oh. continue being involved and pursue okay. it, um, yeah. Eh? Uh, the simple, the simple fact that they've done it once means that they've acknowledged the reality. There is interest in this, and as I said before, the gaming industry is worth billions of dollars a year. Yeah, it's a massive market, and you're going to have people who would love to be able to be there, but they can't necessarily make it for whatever reason. If it's available on TV, you've got groups that can watch it. Um, the, there was the World Championship. For Overwatch, there was actually a University of Queensland. You reckon um, Queensland Kate... University of Technology had a joint viewing in a cinema. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember those days. I do have a question though. What about cable TV? Do you reckon they'll t- they'll they'll intervene as well? Um, considering the fact that cable TV is starting to die in Australia because most people are going on internet to go to programs such as Netflix, Stan, whatever. Um, yeah. I don't see any a production amount of money for uh, oh. poor quality programming option when you just go pick what you want to watch when you want to watch it and enjoy your life. Yeah. You can already live stream most eSport events for free anyway. Yeah. yeah. And Foxtel does have that option as well, saying that, okay, you can, um, you can live stream the um, event commercial free, so it can... It'll be it'll be slim. It'll be very. It'll be a big. It's a big pie. It'll be a very very big pie, and it'll be interesting to see how many companies will take that big pie. Well, at the moment, Hoyts and Gfinity are cracking the way open. Like I know that they have stuff like this over some of the Asian countries. Um, Japan actually has a very big esports program. Let's not forget Korea. <laughs> and well, I was just gonna say, and Korea just they never do things like half. Um, whether it's dance or esports or pop music, they just go insane for what they do, and they just take it to a massive level. Always fun. But hopefully, ho- hopefully this takes off and introduce a whole new um, brand of gamers. Like gaming in Australia is bi- it's a big industry, and hopefully we sp- uh, send bring the seed. Sorry, yep. whole whole new generation of gamers. Oh yeah, supported, yep, encouraged. Okay, um, DJ, you were going to tell us a bit more about the Germany or the ban the loot boxes or something. Yeah, yeah. So um, I came up, I saw an interesting article about how um, with the loot box with the loot boxes coming out and people are getting angrier and angrier by the by the de- dozens. Um, countries have now taken and there he goes stance to. Sorry, folks. Um, ban loot boxes. So, for example, Belgium. Yeah, you're gonna have to start again there. Sorry, Sorry for those, those who are um, wondering what's happened, I've actually uh, the I've US. Actually with, uh, Taser. Hold on. Yeah. Funny. Let's uh, see if he's back now. Is he? Is he conscious? Are you there, DJ? No, he is completely kaputski at the moment. Um. Hey, at least he's not making that annoying noise. Is that talking or just the funny buzzing? Both. Okay. Um, well, while we wait for DJ to regain contact, um, an interesting piece of news I saw was um, a, a new addition to 
the Arrowverse TV series. Uh, yes, I am a DC fan rather than uh-huh. a Marvel hippie. Am I alive? No, Did you're not. Happened? No, you smell kind of funny, so we don't know whether you're alive or not. But, um, yeah, um, as I was saying, with the, I'm a DC fan rather than a Marvel hippie, so hence the reason why I enjoy the Arrow TV series and the Arrowverse. They're introducing a new character um, who is going to be called Athena, not to be mixed up with the uh, old Athena character from DC, who was a goddess and, and a cousin of sorts connected to Wonder Woman. Um, this character is actually going to be from the League of Assassins. And the most interesting part about this is it is, and I'll apologise if I get the name wrong here, it is Kira Zagorski. She was um, once a Kryptonian in Smallville. She was also in Helix, I think it was. So, yeah, um, interesting twist and love to see where this goes. So she has a bit of a pedigree for superhero shows. She does. Um, she's not one of the traditional people for funny characters. She was in the 100, so... Yeah, that, oh, was, like that was a lot of fun. The fr- uh, but the thing... And he's still broken. The thing with um characters in... <laughs> I'm still broken. Oh, I'm still look, broken. He fixed himself. Oh. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, no. I'm, still... I'm sorry, folks. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> but there's so much fun to shoot you with the taser. And before it's anyone fun for my please, ears. Before, any, before anyone calls it, please just understand the taser is just what we call the rubber band. <laughs> well, that's that's what that's what our lawyers say. If anyone, please help me. So, are you are you back to tell us more about the loot boxes? Please have mercy. Yes, I am. So, a couple of companies. Uh, so because of the really. loot boxes and how people are going angry at them. Oh, I am sort of getting oh. there. I am sort of getting there. Okay. I'm, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. How about we uh, push that back to next week then, and yeah, uh, Steve and I will f- wrap this up. Well, I think, and yeah. I think get DJ back it. once we've done some repairs. Sorry about that. <laughs> we'll we'll wind up the rubber bands a bit tighter. We'll put a bit of oil in areas that needs to be, and if it all fails, we'll just yeah burn him alive at the stake and build and get a new one. <laughs> Very funny, fellas. Very funny. <laughs> so, um. Folks, just like like to say thank you for listening, um, and that's it for the show this yep. week. Unless there was something else you wanted to add, there, Professor. Uh only the Netflix released the Jessica Jones trailer for season a couple of days ago. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be uh, interesting Ooh, to see when they take that. I really enjoyed the first season. I love the the dark grittiness that has a DC feel with um, Batman almost like undertones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, Luke yeah. Cage and Jessica Jones are very dark Marvel shows. Yeah. It, it, I it's... actually can't comment on any of the others because I haven't seen them. Uh, I, I, have, I have to actually give a round of applause to Marvel for actually going for something that isn't all rainbows and unicorns. And... Thank you. <laughs> I, I am actually clapping here. And anyone who knows me understands that yeah, I really do pay out a Marvel. And they also did the um, the Cloverfield Paradox the other day at the... Sure, everyone's heard by now, but at the Super Bowl, they announced it at the halftime ad break. However, that works. Presumably, ads at halftime. But 
they announced it and then released it immediately following the game. Sweet. I think um, that's a well, very innovative way to release a TV show, no, a, a movie. Yeah. Um, and having such yeah. a, like the Cloverfield movies are sort of mainstream, big budget movies that come out in cinemas. I think it's interesting to have a cinema movie go straight to streaming. It, it is. And congratulations mm. to the Eagles on embarrassing the pretenders and wannabe Patriots. I know the DJ, DJ is a fan of the Patriots and was and actually has a man crush on Tom Brady, but as you can see, he has more than one wire <laughs> and lots of other problems. Um, so, hey, hey. But, oh, and... Sp- no, no, he's gone he's, again. Um, so, thanks for listening. The trailers, the though, fellas. Oh, he's coming back. Uh, I think we should just wrap it up here because he's being too unreliable tonight, and we'll we'll come back to the uh, the loot box ban next week. Yep. Um. So that's it for this week, folks. Um. You can follow us and other fabulous podcasts in the That's Not Canon universe of spectacular. Um. Yeah. Feel free to drop our Facebook page. Leave. Give us a like. Give us comments, questions, whatever. Uh, no swearing. No behaviour, please. Unless it's ridiculously funny. No. Um, yeah. And, yeah, if there's anything else you would like us to speak about, um, please let us know. Follow us on Facebook and let us know what you like. And thank you very much for listening and have a great and safe week. And that's me for... That's goodbye from me, the, the buck. And the professor and DJ is melted down and going to recycling. So long, farewell, I'll be there next good night. Yeah. Bye, farewell, amen. I will see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.